Welcome to Drunk Sports, the show where we talk sports while Grant over there gets progressively drunker. He's already two. Make it. That's number three, beers in. And, of course, this is a drinking game. It's not just a podcast. So there's three levels, of course, of the drinking game, although we've recently learned about a fourth from one of our listeners. Well, I mean, it's kind of unfair for anybody to try to do that. Well, we're not, we're not suggesting anyone actually do <laughs> no, it. No, we are not. But there's, of course, the gold medal level where you're drinking at half the amount of beers that Grant is drinking. So you would have already finished your first beer. You bronze medal level? Sorry, that is correct, the bronze medal level. Thank you. And these are 5% or so beers that we're talking about at the bronze right. level. Yeah, so you're drinking half the amount of beer. So you're you're just starting beer number two. That's what I'm drinking, around 5% beers. Yep, but Grant's, of course, is number three. Of course, at the silver medal level, you're still doing your ISAs, and you're at the— uh, And PBRs and all okay. that type of stuff. Sure, and you're yeah. just drinking right along with Grant, so this would be a beer number three. The gold medal level is, of course, normal-level alcohol beer. No, actually, these are, in fact—so Jonathan okay. doesn't really understand pay alcohol. A, pay a, the IPAs, though, Yeah, right? IPAs yeah. are stronger than what people would consider normal-level alcohol okay, beers. Okay, fine. 5% like is seven. about normal. Fair enough. The seven and a half percent type beers, right? Like the beers you shouldn't be drinking as many of as I am drinking. So that's your matching grant. So you'd be on your third IPA type beer. And don't do that. Don't just don't do that. We've since learned about the platinum level. The platinum level is serious stuff. It's where where we we visited our friend in Arizona and he achieved the platinum level. Yes, he's done it. Now he's a big guy. Yeah. In fairness. The platinum level is of course where you drink along with Grant. Are you drinking the IPAs, by the way? Does it matter? Uh I don't know if it matters. It doesn't matter because it's just—it's crazy. He tends to drink heavier alcohol beers, <laughs> yeah. so so let's just. But let's, you can even do ISAs. It's fine. Um, the five percent is fine. But he listens to the podcast at twice the speed and drinks along with Grant anyway. So if you can do that, you are now platinum level listener. Right. That's Pretty a guy who can drink a lot more than I can. To be fair, yep. so let's uh, let's not let's not have any listeners doing that unless they're really really sure they can. Yep. So, Drunk Sports, the way it works is we have three, well, I used to call them quarters, but I guess now that there's three, it's periods like a hockey game. Starting off with our headlines, got lots of interesting things to talk about from the world of the NFL. Then we go to Who Done Good, Who Fucked Up, where I present different situations to Grant, and he tells us who indeed done good and who indeed did not. And finally, it's the last period where everyone loves it. It's Let the Drunk Fix It. Sports Dilemmas are presented by me to Grant, some of them suggested by our listeners, some of them not, and Grant attempts anyway to solve the sports world's problems. I've never not fixed something. There was at least once or twice when you I thought know. you didn't do a great I, I definitely job. didn't fix everything. I'm lying. I don't know if you did a great job fixing Keenan Allen's body, I'll be honest. He's still he's Oh, still come out. on. That was a good fix. It was, a, it was fine. <laughs> you didn't come up with a better fix. <laughs> but <laughs> Interesting, let's get into interestingly it. Yeah. enough, though, I want to hmm. say... Uh, both both you and I care a lot about grammar and writing and stuff. Yeah. And one of our segments on our podcast is called Who Done Good, Who Fucked Up. That's interesting. It's meta. It's Yeah, I guess Absolutely so. meta. I guess so. If you have a suggestion for the break... Oh, we're not the breakdown. No, we are not. That's, That's our other podcast. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. If you have a suggestion for Drunk Sports, you can tweet at us. We are at Drunk Sports Show. Yes, that's right. At Drunk Sports Show. You can suggest a Let the Drunk Fix It category. You can suggest Who Done Good, Who Fucked Up, or even a headliner or something else you want us to talk about. Probably Just... suggest a Let the Drunk Fix It, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the best. That's, of course, hashtag L... TDFI, I believe. There you go. Um, people are indeed using that hashtag of our 22 or so followers, but we're growing. Darn it. We're growing, and we love that you guys You're allowed are... to swear on this one, Jonathan. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, who can... This is our we're third growing, podcast of the fuck day. We're growing. Fuck it. Third, third podcast of yeah. the day. But um, we got... Um, yeah, we got a bunch of people who do write in, and a bunch is not really that many, I guess. But we're growing. It's great. And we have... You know, the, the show is actually growing 
pretty well, so it's nice to see. But shall we get into it? Uh, first, I want to pitch to Spalding why they should sponsor us because <laughs> of the growth of our show. <laughs> That's good. Spalding's yeah. an incredible sponsor. Yeah, I mean, it's actually. 1973, right? Perfectly is... on brand. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's start with headliners. It's period number one. Grant, something that happened over the weekend in the NFL, the National Football League. All right, don't talk, don't treat our listeners like they're morons. I love okay? no, I'm the saying, NFL, the National Football. That's League. what they do on TV, and I'm doing it the way they do it. It's Why being, would you do it like I'm being reason, meta? I'm making fun of them. No, bro. you're not. It doesn't sound like it. No, though. I totally am. I'm making fun Part of. Part of why we started a sports show is because we hate how those guys right. do it. No, one of the things that I I hate the most, but I do <laughs> as a meta thing. Maybe I'm the only one unaware that I'm doing it. Is that they say football way more than they have to when they're doing a football game. They say right. like, he really knows how to catch the football. That's a football player. But watch the way he throws the football when they could just say ball in every instance no i agree fine. i agree but you know i think part of why it doesn't come across as sarcasm as yeah. easily is during drunk sports you have to keep the ship right it yeah, the entire time and you take on more of a host vibe yeah and so it sounds like you're serious most that, of the time. you know what you make a great point yeah um a lot of the stuff I'm saying, I'm being meta about people. Anything that sounds awful is meta. Let's just oh, go yeah. No matter what your position is, if you disagree <laughs> with Jonathan, it's because he didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do in our other show, the poker show on The Breakdown. Anytime we don't understand why an expert player does what they do, we have this term we call balance, which is, you know, you can't always do the right thing, so don't do the other thing, and that's yeah. balancing. So right. just come up with that same idea. All right. Back to headlines, though. Adrian Peterson went down yeah. on Sunday. He uh, has a torn meniscus, and he's got two options if he needs to go under the knife. They're not entirely sure if he's going to or not, but um, it's very likely that he will. He can have his meniscus trimmed or removed, which could allow him to come back as early as week seven, but that surgery is unlikely to offer a complete recovery. If he chooses instead to have the meniscus truly repaired, he's looking at a three- to four-month timetable. The Minnesota Vikings are a surprising 2-0, and and they just lost their Hall of Fame running back. Thoughts? I think, okay, so from Peterson's perspective, I think he should probably have it trimmed or removed because yeah. he's 31. Yeah. and I mean, it depends on what he values more, his football glory or the rest of his life. I'm going to guess his football glory without yeah. knowing a whole lot about him, but right. knowing enough. You knowing know. enough about how much he's kind of an asshole and piece of crap. Um, I wasn't going to go there, but yeah, sort of his values. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. Well, that's my opinion. That's Sorry code. if you don't that's, share it, listeners. Stop listening then. That's, that's fine. all code, by uh, the way. Go on. Uh, so he probably realizes this is one of the best Minnesota teams he's ever been on. Yeah. One of the best NFL teams because he's always been on Minnesota. And it's an opportunity. It's a long shot, but they actually are a legitimate Super Bowl contender this year versus other years where they have had no chance. They at least have a marginal chance. I mean, legitimate Super Bowl contenders feels like you're going a little By crazy. that, I mean more than ever before for the Vikings. There was the one year when Favre quarterback. Oh, that's true. They were, okay, um, so second most in yeah, his career then. That, this is but, the second best team. But he may, he's also more on. desperate to win a Super Bowl now because he's 31 and running backs don't make it that much longer than 31. That's true. Now, here's another thing. You are super down on Sam Bradford and have been for every moment of your life. Well, Sam I Bradford feel like that was hyperbole. I'm just going to say that. I feel like that was hyperbole. What I was? feel like Sam, I was a little high on Sam Bradford before last season when, before he did this stuff with the Eagles and showed how he was bad. Right. But you think he's bad. I thought, I thought he might be good and then he dashed my hopes. So yeah. it's hard to recover from that. Okay. So I then suppose. how can you call them a legit Super Bowl contender if their, their running is, back is injured and their quarterback you think is bad? Explain their that. defense is extremely good. Yeah. And I think Sam Bradford actually might be better than most quarterbacks they've had before, including Teddy Bridgewater. Whoa. At least. 
I mean, it's possible based on the last game. Him and Stephon Diggs seem to have a, a real connection. Like they, Stephon Diggs had what 180 yards receiving. I don't know what it was. It was a lot. Uh, I will say that they were. I was listening to a, another sports podcast, and they were talking about who is a bigger loss. For the Vikings, Adrian Peterson or Sam Bradford? Like, if you could switch it up, have a perfectly you healthy mean Teddy Adrian Bridgewater. No, oh, Sam Bradford. If you could switch it up and have a perfectly healthy Adrian Peterson, but Bradford's the one with the torn meniscus, and he might either miss the season or the next few weeks. Which would you prefer? If you're a Vikings, let's say coach, owner, fan, All whatever. Right. First thing I want to address: never listen to another sports podcast again. That's that's just that's mutiny. This show only comes out once a it's week. Mutiny. Man. You can't. You're not. You're not allowed. <laughs> Okay. No knowledge from the outside Sorry world. Sorry about that. You're locked in a basement. Anyway, so I think that's interesting because based on the talent level of the player at their position, clearly Peterson is the better talent. But quarterbacks are so much more important. Yeah. Right? So Bradford is a guy who maybe he's not the best, but at least he can start in the NFL and he's not going to ruin you most of the time. Which is kind of hard to find, in fact. Like, so many teams struggle with finding a quarterback that doesn't ruin their games. Yeah, I mean, the only two quarterbacks who are currently sort of available on the street right now who've really ever played are Matt Flynn and Ryan Lindley. Sam Bradford is a mile and a half better than both of those guys, right? Dante Culpepper is not taking calls? I don't think he is anymore. Neither is Don McNabb, as far as I know. Okay. I'm pretty sure Kurt Warner's decided to indeed stay retired. Oh, man. that would. Uh, do you remember two years ago? I do. When the Cardinals had to start Ryan Lindley? Lindley? Was it Lindley? Yeah, Lindley. In, yeah. in the playoffs, and Kurt Warner, 45 years old, four years away from the NFL, thought, maybe I should come back. Yeah. That would have been incredible. I mean... I, no matter what the outcome, I would have just loved to see it. I mean... He may have. He may. He may be like dead. Right I now. guess I wouldn't have loved to see him get maimed or anything. No, but it no. would have, like. What if it was just such an incredible thing where he was, threw four touchdowns or something? That would have been amazing. It would have been incredible. He might still be better than Ryan Lindley even now. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. He's like older, but yeah. So the question is, what does this ultimately do to the Vikings? Like they got basically got nothing out of Peterson the first two weeks. Won their games anyway, yeah, including games, yeah. including a game against Green Bay. I mean, it was in Minnesota. It was close, but they beat them. I mean, they're two and zero. It's pretty good. Their defense is great. They won eleven games last year. Bradford's at least competent. Like, how big a deal is this loss of Adrian Peterson? Yeah, I, I mean, they it's... have like Jarek McKinnon and uh, Matt Asiata running it. Well, a lot of people think McKinnon has real talent. Yeah. So if McKinnon does have real talent, then it's not that big of a deal mm-hmm. because their offense can still hum along because they have a great receiver now, it looks like, with Stefan Diggs. He looks like he is kind of the real deal. He does, but let's not go too crazy in this small sample size theater. I, we have. I understand, but you got to go with what you got. Do you? I don't know if you do. I think we can say we can. We need to wait and see a little bit more. Okay, fine. We need to wait and see a little bit, but I think Stefan Diggs looks pretty good so far. Okay, agreed. Yeah, and Stefan and Stephon Diggs and Sam Bradford seem to be on the same page as far as how they are going to run the offense. I will and say, Jarek McKinnon is a good pass catching running back, which Adrian Peterson isn't really. So mm-hmm. that'll add an element to the offense. It's interesting. Sure. So I think the offense is going to be okay without AP. It probably would be better with him. But the real key to their victory is the defense. I mean, look at the Denver Broncos, who won the Super Bowl last year. Their offense was often really bad. Yeah. No running game. Yeah. No, not much of a passing game. Yeah. Not so good. So super I think great. They, I mean, I, I think that they might have enough. It's like a, to squeak by to to. Do something this year. I'm not saying right. it's going to happen, but I, I can see an easy path to them winning the NFC North. Yeah, um, they could. They I I don't think they're going to. I I think the Packers are going to win the N- NFC North, even though they're down a loss right now. So the tiebreaker hurts them slightly to the Vikes. But I think the Packers are going to have the best record ultimately. 
but we got a lo- and we got a long way to go too. Yeah. How many wins do you think the Vikings are going to get now? They're two and zero. Well, you have a bet, right, with our sure. heavy drinking friend. I do. You have nine and a half and under. Um, nine. Nine, nine is the number. Yeah. So nine is a tie. Nine, nine is, is a tie. tie. Okay. Yeah. I think you got the bad end of that bet at this point. I well, think. Yeah. I think a fair line for the Vikings right now is ten or ten and a half. I'm not sure which. I think that's a little high. Um, I know Bradford looked good and seems to have picked up the offense really quickly, and that's impressive. But I think it can be easy to get excited about winning one home game, and I think it's a little early to get two on that bandwagon. I, I think I like them for nine or ten wins, personally, at this point. Yeah. So okay. not good I for mean, my bet, but what are you going to do? We're not so far off. No. Hey, speaking of that, let's move on into other teams that have been successful so far early on in this NFL season. Let's talk about the 2-0 and o teams, what we okay. think about them, cool. all right? There are... Eight two and O teams. All right, I'm not going to ask you to name them. A, Please. you're drunk, and two, you probably couldn't do it anyway. I'm not drunk yet. Right, Why Baltimore. I always say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're usually drinking. Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos won a lot of games in a row nowadays. The New England Patriots, kind of a surprise to be two and O. Houston Texans, New York Giants. Minnesota Vikings, and the team that is most surprising, the Philadelphia Eagles with their rookie quarterback, Carson Wentz. Let's start there. What the heck is going on in Philadelphia? Well, they just played the Bears, who are my favorite team, and also very much in the conversation for worst team this year. Um, Yeah, that's fair. So I don't really put a lot of weight on their victory over the Bears. I will say that. Mm -hmm. And who did they play in week one? Um, I'm going to have to look that up. Okay, so forget about that. But... The I don't Rams? Think... They beat they beat played the Rams. No, right? no, that was not them. That was well, the Niners. Well, then I'm gonna find out who it is. Yeah. No problem. You keep talking. Okay, well, I don't think the Eagles are real. They beat like... the Cleveland Browns twenty nine to ten. Okay, the Browns and the Bears. Great. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Fair enough. They're not for real. I I will say this about them. They have they have the strongest or best scoring margin of any team in the league right now at plus thirty four. Now they blew out two bad do teams. I, do I have to once again name the teams that they played? But they, I mean, what are you going to do except blow those teams out if you're good? Like they did it. I mean, so how many wins? How many wins are this? T- I mean, what do you think this team's ultimately going to look like? I'll take under eight. You want to bet right now? Uh, Let's bet. Let's I, go. I, I got would, under eight. I would, I would want seven and a half. So eight is a, at least a win. For you got me. it. Really? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Shake on it. Bam. First bet sh- of drunk sports. Yeah, we're going to bet a lot of things. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. All right. Um, good. So we're going to put that so, on the board. Uh, it's on the board. I guess that other podcast do that. So uh, we should have a oh, new Okay. We're not going to put it right. We won't put it on the board. We'll put it on the iPad. We'll put, <laughs> it, on, we'll put it on the modern technology. <laughs> yeah. Put it on the... On the modern technology, Grant has Philadelphia Eagles minus... Under seven and under a half. Under seven and a half wins. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I like my side since they're two and oh, but I do think people are going really crazy about Carson Wentz. Here comes number four. There it is. So keep up people. You yeah. I mean, if you're not drinking properly during the drinking game i want you to turn off this podcast no. and also just shut the hell up and never talk to me but don't but don't turn off the show no okay no you can listen to it or just leave it on but don't listen in the headphones also just, you, you can talk to grant just not when he's in the room you know like talk to him from where you are yeah you can text me That's uh, fine. No, i mean they can just speak to you, you oh. know, and hope that you hear oh well you know i am omnipotent there it is let's yeah. move on <laughs> the broncos are two and oh sort of like continuing to show that they may be the real deal once again are they a legit Super Bowl contender? It's really hard to say that with their quarterback situation, with Trevor Simeon as their quarterback. But he did look better in week two than he week one. He did pretty well. Yeah. I think their running game is pretty good. Yep. CJ Anderson is pretty good. And Devontae Booker looks pretty good, too. Indeed. Demarius Thomas, although banged up, had a pretty strong game. Yeah. And they still have a strong receiving core in general. Hard to knock Gary Kubiak in that coaching staff. But they did lose to Marcus Ware. 
right, for four or five weeks. He broke his arm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's not good. Yeah, that's not good, but he's not their best defender anymore. It's no. clear, clearly Von Miller. Yeah, and they've got great defenders all over the place. Akeem Talib, who had some great plays last week. I mean, he's a dirty player, but he's a good player. I think this is a legit Super Bowl contender. Yeah, even though they have almost no quarterback. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Let's talk about another team that's probably the most surprising besides the Eagles to be 2-0. That's the New England Patriots. Jimmy Garoppolo led the team to a victory in Arizona in Week 1, which was, of course, a shock. Week 2, they were actually favored to beat the Dolphins at home. Not surprising. They went up huge on them. I believe it was 24-3, to and then Garoppolo got hurt. Yeah, really, was, really hurt. I mean, actually. he looked so good until that happened. Yes, he was. He threw three touchdowns in the first half. Uh, I don't know if he's thrown a pick all season so far. He's doing great, um, but he hurt, he hurt his shoulder. It's an AC joint sprain, I believe it is. The, the Belichick has actually come out and said Garoppolo. He's he's not even taking Garoppolo off the table to play on Thursday night. Actually, I have a little little tidbit about that. Oh, I was, please! That I read one of your inside sources. It's kind well, yeah, it's one of my guys. Go on. Uh, I've I've guys everywhere. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, you're like uh, you're like the spider. This doesn't reflect well on the Patriots. Okay. Uh, Garoppolo thinks the Patriots are putting pressure on him to play on Thursday. They've said stuff to him like Brady's played through injuries like this. Why can't uh, you? Really? Yeah. Garoppolo actually said this. Uh, I don't know if Garoppolo said that, but a source close to him or something. It was on Roto World. It's not it's, great. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I wish they wouldn't do that. Yeah. Second of all, I'd love it if Jimmy could toughen up and play. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even lift his arm yet. No, no, no. I mean, of course he shouldn't play. They on um, the Patriots have their. Third round draft pick, Jacoby Brisket, I believe it is. He um, did he did really poorly when he came in. His numbers actually weren't that bad. He was something like seven for nine for like sixty three yards, but they clearly didn't ask him to do anything at all. And they're not going to ask him to do anything. It wouldn't surprise me if they sign a guy off the street like Matt Flynn for even just for the next two weeks. So they have somebody competent. Matt Flynn would be a good fit. You know who their number two quarterback is right now? Like on Thursday, assuming Garoppolo doesn't play. Charlie Batch. No, it's Julian Edelman. Oh, because he was a quarterback in college. That's right. Yeah. He's legit their number two quarterback right now. It's weird. I mean, Brisket goes down, Ed's the is the QB. All right. It's so I think nuts. it would be a bad choice for them not to find somebody to at least back up Brisket, but yeah. it would be awesome if they didn't and Brisket went down and not in a serious way, I don't want him to get hurt, but yeah. like he had he couldn't play anymore and Edelman had to be the quarterback. Think of how amazing that was. I mean, be. I want to see it. Yeah. I mean I I I root for the Patriots, so I want Edelman to be, you know, catching the ball and all that, but I totally want to see it. That would be amazing. It'd be incredible. All right, anybody else of interest here? The Giants are 2-0 somehow, some way. I mean, they haven't—they might have—okay, I know this is going to sound crazy. Go on. They have among the best receiving cores in the NFL now, is what it looks like. I mean, why are you saying that? It's because you're super huge on uh, Sterling, right? I like Sterling Shepard a lot. Yeah. Victor Cruz is back, and he's doing decent. And I Odell mean, Beckham is incredible. Odell Beckham's incredible. Victor Cruz is okay, and Sterling Shepard's a rookie. I don't know if they have one of the best receiving cores. Odell Beckham was once a rookie. Yes, that's that's well said. So was actually every player in the league. All right, so name a better stuff. receiving core. The Denver Broncos. Who's the, the third New guy? The New York Jets. The Jets is a pretty good argument. Yeah. Come on, so is the Broncos. Who cares mm. who the third guy is? Come on. The third guy is important. Come on. Give me a break. Not not important enough. Come on. Victor Cruz is a mediocre receiver If, Fun- if Funches was better, I would say the Panthers. He's not. Yeah. So we can't say But him. if Funches was better, think about that. But Benjamin Olsen and Funches, that would be great. That would be pretty good. Yeah. I agree. All right. Let's continue on here. By the way, the Giants only have outscored their opponents through two weeks by four points, yet are 2-0. and Pretty good deal. Classic Eli. Classic Giants. New coach. Same methodology. Classic C-plus Eli. 
Oh, that's mean, bro. I know. I didn't mean it. So mean. All right. One other thing we're going to look at here in our first period is the other side of the NFL equation. That's the National Football League for you people out there. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> – wait. Which well, What do they play? They play football. You know what they do? They throw the football. Wait, okay, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. American football? Yes, that's right. They throw not, the American football. It's not, it's not what we call soccer. He's a professional American football player. Okay. So, um, so let's look at the teams who started zero and two, because you know what? There's eight of those also. Okay, great. The question is this: who's who's done and who isn't? All right. All right. Let's just go through them one by one. Start with the Dolphins. Not done. Not done. Why not? I think Tannehill is better than people think. Dolphins came really close to coming back and beating the Patriots. They also have a reasonable defense. They have a reasonable defense. They were pretty good. As soon as, as soon as the Patriots couldn't score in the second half, the Dolphins went on a bit of a rampage, got close anyway. Cut it and to they almost down. beat the Seahawks in week one. Yeah, of course, the Seahawks. Not great. Yeah, that's quite a, kind of questionable. They, they barely beat the Dolphins. They, at the very end of the game, their offense think, got it together. I think two drunk sports ago, we both picked the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl. I, I would did, take that. First I would, of all, I did not. I picked absolutely. the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, but you you like I when picked you, the Bengals when you were to win being when you were being truthful. You said the Seahawks were your if you had to bet on one. You would oh take, yeah, I would yeah. take the Seahawks. <laughs> not, not anymore though. Not, no, anymore. not anymore. No. no, now I take the Patriots. Actually, I, I me too. With without Gronk, without Brady. I mean, yeah. yeah, they're still winning games and look and like beating either Arizona in Arizona or blowing out Miami until yeah. they lose Garoppolo. Yeah, I definitely like the Pats right now, for sure. Okay, so um, we said the Dolphins are not done. Fair enough. How about the Bills? Done. So done. Very done. Crazy Sammy Watkins. Done. Sammy Watkins is their best offensive player. Yeah. And unless there's somebody on the line that I'm I mean, unaware LeSean of. Sean McCoy, but LeSean McCoy was great three years ago. I don't think he's great anymore. I agree. I, I think Sammy Watkins is their best player. And he's perennially injured. And I think I, I don't really think he's ever gonna be fully right this year, is what it kind of feels like. I mean, they have so many problems. They got that Tyrod Taylor, maybe a little bit exposed now. Yeah. Maybe I mean, not. Maybe he'll turn it around, but th- seems exposed. Tyrod Taylor is a great athlete, and sometimes he looks amazing. His yeah. throws sometimes are like on point and great, and sometimes it just looks like a disaster. Absolutely. All right. How many games till Rex is fired? Does he make it through the season? I think Rex gets fired after the season. Me too. I think I, they have it, enough respect for him that he, they wait till after the season. Buffalo never really fires coaches in the middle of the season. They always wait. Those well, guys, that ownership group always I'm waits. I'm not aware of that pattern. I, I just know that Rex Ryan's a big name coach, so I think they'll give him the courtesy of, of letting him ride out the season because I don't think they expect that hiring a new coach will actually turn anything around for them. Peter King and Monday Morning Quarterback uh, on SI.com said something like, I'm not saying this because to put down Rex at all or in any way, or but he's going to be great on ESPN next year. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think he was joking. I think he was trying to be like be complimentary. That's a pretty cool, pretty funny thing. Yeah, it's pretty strong. And I, honestly, I would love to watch Rex Ryan on ESPN. They have yeah. so many duds. Yeah, no. Well. I, let's get rid of almost everyone in those sport on those studio shows. Have like yeah. two guys, have them be entertaining. We need Maybe more, you and me. We need more. Know. We need more Charles Barkleys in that world. Exactly. You know? People like that. Yeah, I'm totally with you. All right, let's continue on the Browns. Of, of course, they're done. obviously cooked. Josh McCown, although yeah. he made it through the game somehow, some way yesterday, or I'm sorry, on on Sunday, um, they say he's going to miss multiple weeks, and that now we're down right. to the third string with McCown. I mean, he was looking pretty good when he was playing. He looked great there until I mean, he played the whole game, but before he got hurt, he was looking there's, really there's good. There's reason for optimism if McCown is not hurt, and then it's like, oh, Josh Gordon's coming back, and Corey, right. Corey Coleman looks amazing. Yeah, right. and Gary Barnage was good last year with yeah. McCown, and like you can make up a whole lot of ways this is going to work. Yeah, but McCown going down, that, that's it. It's over. Agreed. It's just yeah. not happening there. So let's just roll on, shall we? 
The uh, Indianapolis Colts, 0-2. Not over. But not good. Not good, but not over. Their defense is terrible, which maybe means it's over, I guess. I mean, but they're. I think they're missing like their top three cornerbacks right now. I think now. we're all... Maybe I'm be just being seduced by the whole Andrew Luck mystique. It's so like, easy to be guy, sucked this into This guy it. was like the, the best prospect of the last 10 years or something. And I mean, he did it for a while in the NFL, too. He yeah. was great. Was like two years ago, he was great. I mean, in his, his, his first game, he had an incredible game this year. Yeah. Through yeah. four touchdowns, man. Yeah. So... Luck is the guy that you're supposed to think, okay, he's good enough. He can carry this team. And quarterback is certainly the most important position in football, but I don't know if it's enough. It doesn't seem to be. Like Frank you, Gore is your running back, and it's not close. Like He's by far your best running back. Yeah. And that's not good. I mean, it would, it would be great five years ago, but it's not I mean, five years ago. I think much more of the problem them is they're struggling to stop the run, and they're struggling to stop the pass. <laughs> that's yeah their defense is one of the worst in the league yeah so yeah. and it, it's weird that you know they um last year they were struggling and there was a lot of talk that chuck pagano and or ryan griggs and the gm were going to get fired and instead they both got contract extensions even though they were feuding and trying to push each other out somehow they both got extensions what do you do now if you're jim irsay Ir- right i don't I mean, know isn't jim irsay just like a constant fugue state isn't... he's got some issues yeah yeah yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I think Grigson's going to be going to get the boots soon, right? Like, you can't blame Pagano for not having any defensive players. Maybe right. you can. I don't. I don't know if Pagano's ever been that good of a coach. Fair enough. I mean, he I had think, cancer. Like, I feel like Brazarians... He did have cancer, so I don't yeah. think you can say that about him. <laughs> right. I Okay, I get that. Um, <laughs> but Bruce Arians came in when Pagano was recovering from cancer, and he did a much better job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he that was when they were good. Yeah. Basically. And, and then they had one good year after Bruce Arians. Sort of like the Arians, like, uh, you know. Had some momentum still from that season. And then since then, it's, luck got a little bit hurt, and they've just never been the same. Yeah. I guess their defense got worse. All right, moving on. we still got four more teams here. The Jacksonville Jaguars, 0-2. I think they still have a shot. Oh, really? I don't think I they're expecting that. really for real. But I think out of the teams that I said they don't have a shot, these guys have at least a little bit more of a shot. How come? I think Bortles still could be good. I mean, it doesn't yeah. look like it right now, but it's still possible that that guy is good. I mean, the... Jaguars saw fit to draft him third overall, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's something. And he had a good year last year. And Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, good receivers. Julius Thomas has had good years in the past. TJ Eldon, Chris Ivory, they could be good. All right. I mean, so let me let me just stop you with some of this anyway. So while Bortles did have a quote good year last year, unquote, yeah, I know. It was almost all in garbage time, is where he put up so many touchdowns when the other team was in a prevent defense and didn't really care. I mean, just un- I mean, if you had Bortles on your fantasy team last year, through three quarters, he never had any points, and suddenly he went nuts in the fourth quarter every time, and suddenly it looked pretty good. But his numbers, I think, are a little bit of an illusion that way. And by the way, he did it again this week where he was basically doing nothing statistically and scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. It's his, it's his M.O. Right. So the I question mean, the, is— The whole idea was the Jaguars' defense would be much improved, and it doesn't yeah. seem to be that— that's right. They they were going to bring back their first round pick from a year ago, who had I think it was blew out his knee uh, in practice before they had ever even like in the mini camps before training camp last year. Signed to a big deal anyway because they have you know they're cool, they're true blue, and uh, he was going to be back. And they were supposed to be much much better. They still might be. Uh, they do have great receivers, Allen Robinson. Anyway, I don't know about the rest of those. I don't guys know if anymore. Hearns is actually good. Yeah, and Julius Thomas, hard to say without Peyton Manning. We'll see yeah. how good he is. Yeah. Um, also, uh, you were talking about Chris Ivory. He's been hurt so far all season. That's one of his things. So he's gonna have to get healthy he's and stay healthy. He's been in the hospital with an undisclosed injury. It's not good. And yeah. T.J. Yeldon's never done anything in the league. That's true. Yeah. So right. I don't know. Okay. I'm maybe maybe I'm wrong. You might have convinced me. All right. I got three more teams for you. Right. The Washingtons. What do you think about the Washington sports football team there? They're 0-2. 
I think they are still they still have a shot. They're in a terrible division, first yeah. of all. They have That's, a great chance to win their division, yeah. even though they're 0 2. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins has looked awful, but yep. there's been times when he's looked great. So maybe that comes back. Kirk Cousins is an interesting thing here where he had that fourth round deal, which expired last year. They signed him to, I believe it's the franchise tag for $20 million, which is more money than he's ever seen in his life by a lot. Sure. A lot, a lot, a lot. But he turned down a long term deal with the Redskins because they were trying to get him at a cheaper price, probably the something who? like. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. The Federalis, um, the Red Scones, whatever you want to call it. You gotta them. get past that, buddy. I'm really. I don't know what's happening to me, man. Uh, anyway, uh, he turned down a long-term deal, something like 15 million a year for like five, six, seven years, to sort of bet on himself. And so far, it ain't working out. But he still got 14 games to right the ship. Well, yeah, and they have some good pieces. They do. It's just they have some good pieces. This looks bad. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I I, th- I still think they, they're going to get it together. I think based on them being in the worst division in the NFL, probably the worst division in the NFL. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that gives them a shot. There's no dominant team in their division. That yeah. makes it so much easier. The Eagles are the only – and the Giants are both 2-0. The Eagles are run by a rookie quarterback. They're both super fake 2-0. Right, exactly. The Giants yeah. have scored four more points in their opposition. Yeah. All right. We have the Chicago Bears. I think we know what you're going to say okay, about them. No chance. Right. Clearly 0-2. By the way, Cutler hurt as well. I, I truly believe the Bears are strong candidates for worst team this year. I think they're probably going to get the number one overall pick. They apparently had five guys hurt on Sunday kind of badly. They're just falling apart left and yeah. right. All right. Finally, the New Orleans Saints are 0-2, my friend. I think they're still... They still got plenty of shots. But is this just because we believe in Drew Brees? Yeah. That's it, kind it, right? of, it kind of is. I mean, he's great. Right? Yeah. Sean Payton, also a very successful coach yeah. for a long time. But I will say it seems like the last several years, the Saints start off slow, and everyone believes the Saints are going to get it together and win, and they end up winning like seven games. Seems like that's happened well, a lot Well, I think lately. a big problem for them is their defense is terrible. Yep. Their offense is always pretty good. Yep. And their defense is terrible. I mean, just because of Drew Brees, right? Like, they never really have anything else that's special. Like, they have receivers who are pretty good. Brandon Cooks is pretty good. But it's really because Drew Brees is great. Mark Ingram is pretty good. Sure. He's fine. Whatever. Yeah, I guess they they don't have a real shot for for any sort of good, really good stuff to happen. But I don't think they're going to end up. With four wins or something. No, no. I mean, I think eight and eight is probably their most likely outcome. Yeah. Or seven and nine. But that's not super great. No, it's not. All right. Why don't we take a break? We'll come back for period number two. Get into more stuff. Welcome back. It's period number two. And I want to start with saying, if you're drinking along with Grant, I just had a meal and a couple beers. So it's not exactly fair to you. So... Here's what's going on. This is going to be my seventh beer right here. I'm going to crack my seventh beer. So if you're drinking along with Grant, maybe you should delay your podcast listening a little bit or try to have a meal and drink some and then come back if you want to really be doing what I'm doing. Wow. You are just coddling the listeners. This is crazy. What's happened to you? I mean, I'm a big fan of making sure the listeners don't die. Um, And, you know, not everybody is going to be able to drink seven beers in 30 minutes. So (laughs) I figured I should tell them that I spent more than 30 minutes on the break. Yeah. So it's fair to be fair to them. Okay. That's totally reasonable. So if you need to take a break to catch up or if you want to drop down, say, from silver or gold medal level or even platinum medal level, excuse me, down to bronze, totally fair. Obviously, should be on your seventh beer, though, if yeah. you're on anything except <laughs> If you're going to be a real person who drinks alcohol. <laughs> and if you're going for the bronze, you're on beer number four. Yeah. That's it. All right. Shall we get into period yeah. number two? I'm excited. Okay. Great. Is this who done good, who fucked up? That is exactly what it is. Let's talk a little bit about the Milwaukee Bucks. All right. And their young star player, Giannis 
Antetokounmpo. How'd I do? Uh, you did okay. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think I did great. Uh, the Greek freak. Indeed. Easier way to say it. Yep. He That's just... why he has a nickname, I think. That is probably one of the <laughs> yeah. reasons, actually, because it's much easier, and you sound like you're, you know, not trying to avoid anything when you it's say like, his name. It's like, I know this guy's nickname. I'm locked in. I also notice a lot of the uh, pundits just call him Giannis, which is a pretty smart way to do it. Yeah, too. Giannis is easy to say. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Giannis just signed a four-year, $100 million extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. Not a max deal, actually. What? Nope. A max deal would have been $106 million. Okay. And there is talk that the reason why, at least according to sources— is that he wanted to give the Bucks a little bit more room, not a lot really, but a little bit more room to keep some of the other players on the team and sign other folks and stuff like that, a little more salary. That's room. really cool. It is pretty interesting. Now, for those of you who maybe aren't as big NBA fans or just haven't been paying attention to the Bucks, which is a little bit understandable. Yeah, fair enough. Giannis had a crazy second half of the year last year. Like super insane. First of level. all, let's let's tell them yeah. about his, his physical stature because it makes okay. the stats that he has weird, right? Go for it. He's like six ten with incredibly long arms, and he plays point guard. Right. Well, he didn't play point guard until after the All Star break. Yeah. But then, yeah, Jason Kidd, who's of course the coach of the Bucks, moved him to point guard. By the way, Giannis not yet twenty two years old, turning twenty two in December. December. He's twenty one yeah. right now. Yeah. He just signed a hundred million dollar deal. Really good passer. Yeah, and just to give you a sense of how good he was, when he was moved to point guard, so after the All-Star break last year, he averaged 18.8 points, 8.6 rebounds, and 7.2 assists per game. He recorded five triple-doubles in 28 games. If you want to look at his advanced stats, they're also really impressive. Eighth in the NBA with a 5.5 warp after the All-Star break. Um, also, he was really high up there in real plus minus, all the kinds of things that people look for. This kid is the real deal. He's very young. He's a guy, you, in theory, he could be the next superstar in the league. Yeah, um, absolutely he could. So yeah. um, so it's interesting that he didn't sign for the ma- absolute max that he could, that he gave up that $6 million. That's like a veteran move. You know, That's, that's something that guys do when they're signing their fourth contract and they just want to shot another championship. Right. Like, yeah. why is Giannis giving away the $6 million is my question. Because I'm sure that he, they would have given it to him if he demanded it, right? He absolutely did not fuck up. I'm going to say that for okay. sure. And number one reason is I think he can make that up in endorsements based on that story alone. Hmm. I That's think interesting. That, that story is incredible. Like, yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah, it's this 22-year-old kid gives up $6 million because he wants the team around him to be better. He's actually 21, but 20, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. It's like, he's like anti-Ryan Lochte in so many ways. Right? <laughs> like Ryan Lochte's like leaving his teammates are in Brazil telling, to fend for themselves So if he's anti-Ryan Lochte, are you telling me that Giannis Antetokounmpo is the smartest person on the planet? <laughs> is that what you're telling me? He just might be. <laughs> yeah, he might be. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty great. Um, so the Bucks, the, giving them this, I'm not sure what the six million dollars of salary cap space over the next four years is really going to do for them. But perhaps, I'm sure, I'm sure he yeah. didn't come to that on his own. Yeah, like somebody's told him that would be better for the Bucks. Yeah, they right? must, they must have said like we'll be able to keep this guy or sign this other guy or to keep us out of the luxury tax, which will make it so we can sign a few other guys to yeah. help you. Something like whether that. or not it was true, somebody told him that was better for the team. Right, and in fairness to Giannis. He's going to make $100 million guaranteed over the next four years, which is a fair amount like, of money. Categorically, he's rich, right? So oh, yeah. who cares about that $6 million? Well, here's the other thing. When he's 25, he's going to sign another deal, and, and it's, it's going to be unless bigger. Unless he gets majorly hurt, yeah, it's going to be a really good deal. It's going to be like $150 million. It's going to be a new collective yeah. bargaining agreement. It's going to be insane. So it's not going to be a problem for Giannis. This $6 million won't really matter. You just never see a player this young ever give up money, ever. That's really impressive. Yeah. 
To it's be fair, cool. this is already he already played three years in the league, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's already done okay, but this yeah. is you know, he's probably made like seven or eight million bucks. Maybe which, a little bit more. Which would make me feel rich. Yeah, no, I sure. feel pretty good about that. Yeah, as so well. I think I think he's aware that he doesn't need six million extra dollars on top of the hundred million dollars. And this is really good not only for his image, but if it actually helps the team in any way, it could make him more money, not only based on his image, but if the team is in fact better. Yeah. He could make a lot more money in endorsements later on. Right. See, that's how I think he would make up the money, if anything. The fair argument, or maybe the better argument, is that he doesn't need that money. Although it's interesting, he signed for 100 million, not for 80 million, not for 40 million. So he still went for almost the max, right? I I mean, come on. I'm not saying he shouldn't. I'm just saying, like, the whole, like, need the money thing gets a little weird. Like, he also didn't need 100 million versus 90. He doesn't even need 5 million. That's fine. But it's, it's hard. When everybody on your team who is worse than you is making more money than yeah. you. That's not like, look at John Wall. Look how unhappy that guy is. So unhappy. Yeah. So unhappy. You know, Greg Monroe makes $20 million a year and he's kind of no good. I mean, there was a time when maybe even just a year and a half ago or so, where it was like, oh, Greg Monroe, that that guy's pretty good. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And it doesn't seem that way. Anymore. I mean, the Bucks signed him last offseason to a $20 million a year deal. I think it was four years, $80 million, I think it was. So, yeah, they were believing he was going to be a big part of their team. And he was never good at defense, right? They were just hoping he was going to be a big offensive pillar. Yeah. And I think they were hoping he was going to be a little better on defense than he yeah. ended up being yeah. as well. So, yeah. yeah, it didn't work out super great. So, Maybe the bigger question is, so with the Bucks putting this building block piece like into place for themselves, which is pretty great. By the way, they signed him to the four-year max, not the five-year max. They could have signed him to an extra year, but did not. So it's unclear who, why they didn't, if that, Giannis didn't want I mean, to do that. I mean, there's probably some sort of contractual behind-the-scenes reason that we don't mm-hmm. understand. Yeah, maybe there's another player that they're thinking about locking up to that. Jabari Parker Yeah, maybe, but obviously guy. Giannis is their most valuable asset. Without question. By far. Like Jabari Parker, he was the second overall draft pick. Giannis is way more valuable at this point. Than oh, I mean, how many guys in the league could you trade? Would the Bucks take in return for Giannis right now? I mean, like, would you take LeBron for Giannis? I don't think I would. No, no, he's twenty-one. Yeah, no. Um, I would take Anthony Davis. I'd take Carl Anthony Towns. Yep, yep. There's probably two or three other guys we could come up with if we spent some real time. I wouldn't take Andrew Wiggins. I wouldn't consider it. Probably have to take Steph Curry. Probably have to take Steph Curry. James Harden. No, I don't think I would either. No. But it's close. Russell yeah. Westbrook. Probably. No, he's, no. he's like 29. Yeah. yeah. Th- I mean, the thing is, Giannis can leave in four years. So you he only can. have him locked he can, up. But Giannis is 21 and he's already so versatile. Like, yeah. Imagine it, the, the versatility of Draymond Green helps the Warriors a lot, right? Yes. Giannis is a much better version, I feel. Oh, I mean, him and Draymond are very different in a lot of ways. They are very different. Guys. But in terms of the like Swiss Army knife type of player mm-hmm. who can do so many different things, I think. Yeah. By the time Giannis is 27 or however old Draymond is, he's going to be way better. I don't think Draymond's nearly that old either. But anyway. Yeah, he is. Is he's he? A, he's at least 26. Maybe. Oh, he was drafted as a senior out of college. Yeah. Huh? Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, yeah, Giannis is, is a big enough deal and could really be the guy, by the way, who takes another big leap forward this year, next year, because he's only 21 right now. So you'd think there'd still be a lot of growth to go. He could be the best player in the league in two years. Like, it's possible. Oh, I absolutely think that's definitely possible. And uh, if... If I were a Bucks fan, I would be very excited. That's the t- if I were a fan of that team, that's the second most excited I would be after Timberwolves, basically. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'll say that this uh, if Jabari Parker really doesn't work out for the Bucks, though, they're in trouble because they yeah, only they have, don't really have much else. Yeah, they, they have got, Chris Middleton, who's he's good. 
Yeah, no, he's good. That's true. But G- having Giannis, Middleton, and some guys isn't enough to really do any damage. True damage. They need a third guy. But if Jabari Parker can be, you know, in the top 30 or 40 of players in the league, something sure. like that. Sure, they is, got a real team. Right, and he's supposed to at least have a shot at that. He was the number two overall pick, right? And yeah. It, what everyone thought was a two-player draft that year. He did tear his ACL, which is... That didn't help. That no, wasn't good. That probably doesn't help his, his whole athleticism thing. No, and also the whole, like... Him and Wiggins are the two possible stars of this draft. Like, neither of them have really shown nearly as much as people were hoping for at this point. But it's only been a few years, too. It's only been two years. Yeah, so yeah. we'll see. We'll see. All right. So, everyone done good? I think the Bucks done good, and I think Giannis done good. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone done good, except for everybody in the league who doesn't get Giannis. They, they right. fucked up by right. not somehow getting him without the ability to. The only thing this does for the Bucks, which is slightly problematic, and only slightly, is uh, at three years from now, if... They haven't signed him to extension. If he's like says he wants to wait and like see what the market is or anything like that, it's gonna be a really tough year for them where they have to decide do we trade him? Do we let him walk away for nothing? Like Durant. A franchise did? like the Bucks needs to lock up this guy right now. They haven't had anything going for a while. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm saying like if they had signed him to a five year deal instead of a four year deal, they get to postpone that for another year. That would have been nice. I yeah. I, I don't understand the difference or why they why they chose the four year They may the not have, year. right? It may yeah. be Gianna said I'm gonna sign a four year deal yeah. and they said whatever you want, sir. You yeah. Know? Probably. So, like what are they gonna do? They just have to give him whatever he wants, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um in other NBA free agent news, or as we call it the National Basketball Association. The, the listeners really do appreciate it. Yeah. You yeah. know, you know, on ESPN, they always call it the association because it makes it sound it cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Like, they're, it's you're like an maybe insider. instead of people who play basketball, they're assassins or something. <laughs> Is that what we're thinking now? Yeah. You know, like they're, they're the association of assassins. Yeah. Okay. I think there was a movie with James McAvoy about that. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a bunch of British people involved for sure. Yeah. Bad teeth. The whole thing. All right. Hold, so hold on a second. Yeah. What? What did I say? Nothing. Don't worry about it. Okay. Good. Uh, J.R. Smith. And the Cavs have been in a standoff since July when Smith opted out of his contract. No progress has been made in talks. Smith, of course, played a significant role in both ends of the court for them in this championship season. He's looking for a multi-year deal. He is not attending the Cavs' sort of team get-together. I think it's this upcoming weekend. Yeah, minicamp. He said he's not going to show up because of this. What happens if the Cavs and Smith don't come to a deal? Because he can sign anywhere, actually. He's a free agent. fucked up? Yeah. Okay, well, I know... That LeBron is a big JR advocate, right? So that that's a big weight on the Cavs. LeBron yeah. really wants them to sign JR. Right. You know, they kind of, he, LeBron bullied them to, into signing Tristan Thompson. So I was waiting for that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I mean, they're happy they did, though. They won the title. Tristan Thompson was great. He was important. They won the title. They won the title by an eyelash. So it's like, they're thrilled they listen to LeBron, right? Yeah. So in that, I guess if you're following that logic, they should just do whatever LeBron wants. I don't wants. think JR is fucking up by holding out. I think he no. should. He should. I mean, he, the place, here's the thing about JR. Yeah. The place he's going to get the most money is the Cavs because he has LeBron advocating for him. Also, the Cavs are already over the salary cap. They can give him as much money as they want to, essentially. A lot of other teams can't do that. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's good. He's not really that great. I mean, right. He's pretty good at well, times. When he gets hot, he sure can hit those three pointers. I'll yeah. say that. He's, he's got a, the best form in the league, right? Yeah, he's a perfectly fine player. <laughs> you know, like he and he's yeah, when he gets hot, he's very very good on offense. But I don't it, really know if he's any good on defense. I don't I don't know. He's okay. I think I think you know both ends of the court. So he's like pretty good. I mean, he's a borderline starter in the NBA, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Like if he's starting for you, you may, your team may not be that good. Right, unless you have LeBron on your team. That makes it easier. Yeah, yeah, that makes it a lot easier. But a lot of times he's going to be coming off the bench, but as if, he did most of his career. I mean, the thing is, it's it's such a weird spot with LeBron because 
in a way, LeBron is so sensitive, right? And and he's the key to your team no matter what. If LeBron's on your team, that guy's the key to your team. Yeah. And he's very sensitive about this stuff. So sensitive. What do you mean when you say that? Like if they don't, maybe LeBron gets sour on the Cavs if they if they don't listen to him and and sign Jr. I mean, maybe. Why do you think he's sensitive though? What what leads you to believe that? Because he is always passive aggressive. <laughs> That's true. Always, and he's <laughs> always telling his team what to do. He he made the Heat draft Shabazz Napier, and then he left anyway. Yeah, that's that's one thing. You know, when he uh, wrote the "I'm going back to Cleveland," le- you know, open letter. I think it was in ESPN the magazine. He talked about all his teammates and how excited he was to play with them. Did not mention Andrew Wiggins. This was like a month before the Kevin Love trade, but didn't mention Andrew Wiggins because he knew he was going to force Wiggins out and get like a big piece for him. Right. Like he didn't even didn't even pretend. Yeah. You know? Like most other people would mention Wiggins and then force him out. So I think. The Cavs might fuck up by not signing him just because they'll piss off LeBron. And I think LeBron still has three or four good years left. Okay. You don't want to lose any chance. You don't want to increase the percentage that he leaves because he's got the short contract. Right. That's true. That's true. But let me ask you this. Let me give you some different contracts that the Cavs could sign J.R. Smith to, and you tell me if they fucked up or not. Okay? Okay. So four years, $65 Yes. They fucked up. Yes. Okay. That's the kind of contract he's probably looking for, just to be clear. Yeah, he's not good enough for that. Right. No. Um, but, you know, like, starters, st- like marginal stars in the NBA get that kind of money. Evan Turner signed a four-year deal, yeah. a four-year $75 million deal. Evan right? Turner's better than Jarrett Smith. Yes. But he can't hit threes. No, he cannot. Jarrett Smith can. That's flashier. Yeah. He's got tattoos. He does. But Evan Turner is a good defender and a good passer and a good overall team person. He wouldn't help the Cavs that much, in, except when LeBron was on the bench because the ball has to go through Evan Turner. Right. But, um, yeah. So, okay. So, you think that's too much. All right. Let's give you another number. Uh, three-year deal for $45 million. So, we're, $15 million a year. We're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. But I think J.R. Smith should be like a $12 million a year player, basically is what I'm going to There's no way he's going to sign for $12 million. I'll just tell you right now. Do you think anybody else will sign him for $15 million? That is an interesting question. Who who is out there? Who is a candidate? You have to have room in your. Uh, that's number eight. Correct. Okay, so you all know what that means. Either you're halfway through your fourth beer, or you're on number eight, or you know you're at double speed and you're on number eight. Good good luck to you, yeah, Mitch. Yeah, good luck, Mitch. Try, you know, yeah. hope you get a lot of sleep tonight. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so what teams might even be out there? I don't know who even has salary cap space. The Philadelphia 76ers probably have the cap room to do it. I mean, you're not... Who's going to sign Jarrett Smith to be their best player? Nobody, right? Right. I mean, no one's going to sign Kristen Thompson either, right? Yeah. At anywhere near the money he was looking for. But he just Thompson is a more valuable asset, though, because he's, a, he's an incredibly good rebounder, and that's important. Yeah, especially when Kevin Love seemed to be doing so also poorly Also a good defender, like mm-hmm. low-post defender, and, and those are valuable assets. There's a lot of people you can sign that, to be three-point shooters. If they don't do anything else exceptionally... Are they really worth that much? I mean, that's the question. The Cavs gave, a year ago, gave Iman Shumpert a four-year, $40 million deal, just so everyone's clear. And the Lakers signed Timothy Mozgov to a four-year, I'm going to say $64 million deal, like $16 million yeah, a year. It's okay. like crazy numbers have been happening Based on in the, the market, J.R. Smith should get $65 million. Yeah. Because he's probably worth more than Mozgov right now. I think so. Yeah. So I think somewhere around between Mozgov and Evan Turner money is probably right. And maybe the, both those guys were overpaid, but the Cavs can afford it, even though they'll be in the luxury tax. They just won the title. And if they lose him, it's kind of a big deal because it's hard to replace him with anyone. They can't really just sign free agents and throw money at anybody. They can hope anybody. Shumpert plays amazing. They can, but yeah. Shumpert can't really hit threes. He can hit corner threes, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Jerry Smith can hit a three from anywhere, no matter who's covering him. 
Although, you know, there's evidence of people who get better at threes. LeBron, for example, which is a weird example because he got better at threes for like three years and then went back to being no good at threes. That is correct. And he is certainly in the no good range. How did that happen? Let's talk about that for a second. (laughs) It's so weird. Like LeBron came into the league. He was no good at threes. He was too young. For many years, he was no good at threes. He figured it out. Figured out, decided, I'm going to be good at threes. And he had two or three years at least where he was a legitimate three-point threat. Right. I mean, he wasn't shooting 40% or anything, No, but he was like right? 35 or something. Okay. Yeah, and now he's back to just not hitting threes at all. Maybe, you know, you get a little bit older. You get a little creakier. You get, you get slightly injured. Tell that to Steve Nash. Steve Nash wasn't creaky in the same way. You know, maybe <laughs> okay. maybe LeBron's arm or elbow or something like hurts a little bit when he shoots from that um, far out. Maybe, maybe. I mean, so it just like affects him. Maybe I don't there's know. something we don't. There has to be something we don't know because I don't understand how. <laughs> Age should matter. I can't think of any other player's trajectory that is similar to that. I mean, Jason Kidd started off terrible. By when he was 40, he was finally yeah. able to hit threes. Yeah. Dirk Nowitzki is still a great three point shooter. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Korver, all these guys are still great three point shooters, even as JJ they get Redick. to their mid and late 30s. Yeah. It doesn't seem to matter. I'll give you that. So something is going on with LeBron. I don't think it's mental. I think it's pr- got to be something physical. Or it might just be preparation. He's not practicing threes anymore. Maybe. Maybe he yeah. thinks, like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So maybe and maybe he was taking threes so that way people would give him a little more room. You know, um, they wouldn't give him so much room so that he could drive by them more. And he found that they just let him shoot the three anyway. Yeah, because he's so good at driving. He is incredible at driving. So he's like, Feh, I'll just drive anyway. Then I guess so. Yeah, yeah. can't stop him anyway. Yeah. All Fair right. Enough. So why don't we close out period number two right here? We'll come back with a little let the drunk fix it. Hashtag LTDFI because it's time for let the drunk fix it. Oh, wow, baby. what was that radio voice? That I don't was... know. I'm trying it out. I don't like it. All right. It sounds fine. like bullshit. You know what? The drunk doesn't have to fix my voice. The drunk's got other problems. I will fix everything that comes in front of me, and I will fix it. Okay, what beer are we about to uh, open up here? Let me ask you. What is that? You can't guess based on how it sounds? I'm going to go number nine. Nine is correct. All right. I feel good about myself. You're good now, at math. Great. Yes, I'm not bad at math. Um, Grant, your record on this show has been 11. You've done it more than once. My question to you is, will this be a record-breaking eighth drunk sports? No, only if the Let the Drunk Fix It goes for a very long time. All right. I don't because know. Because I, I don't see that. I don't see me drinking four more beers. <laughs> you just have to crack open the 12th one and start it, though. Oh, really? Is so it's, just th- it's like three in a titch. This feels like peer pressure in a very strange way. <laughs> Get drunker. Yeah. I mean, that's my job, right? By the way, for those of you, of course, at the bronze level, that means you should be into your sixth beer. Everyone else... Enjoy. No, oh no! This is not. This is not number twelve, buddy. This is your fantasy land. This yeah, is number right. nine. Uh, number nine. Okay, fine. Your fifth beer. You should be into your fifth beer. Yeah. If this is number nine, everyone else, of course, you should be at at nine. Right. And along those with in the platinum level should be dead. Yeah. Or yeah. you know, or just unconscious. That's okay. Yeah. Too. Fine. Fair enough. All right. So this, is, of course, is the time when I post sports dilemmas to Grant. He tries to fix them. I might, you know, throw a few ideas, in my, you know, from my end as well. Here we go. You ready for number one? Yeah. Today, as I was coming over to your place so we could do this show, I was listening to a little Bill Simmons podcast. That's right. I was listening to another sports podcast. I know you get upset. I can't believe you. I know. it's. uh, I got issues. (laughs) What can I tell you? (laughs) He was interviewing Celtic coach Brad Stevens for the full Bill Simmons hour, hour and a half, however long the show was. Right. And I was excited to hear it as a Celtics fan because I'm from that area. And Brad Stevens basically just gave coach speak the entire time. And Bill Simmons even said, I knew I was going to, I knew you're going to weasel your way out of this one. I, I got to find a better way to ask the question. Kept, and Brad Stevens says, yeah, I'm just going to like weasel out of that. So basically it's just 
an hour and 20 minutes of Brad Stevens not really answering questions in any kind of honest way, just saying things like, you know, it's about the players. And, you know, I really feel like everyone could get better. And, you know, just saying things like that that don't really mean anything. So my first dilemma for you to fix is there's a lot of sports interviews out there and all sorts of media. Almost all of them suck. The end of games, post-game press conferences, they're all boring and no one ever watches them. And the people who do wish they hadn't. How do we fix sports interviews? Okay. So let's approach this from a really, really literal standpoint. Okay. Okay. So what's happening is a sports reporter is asking an athlete or coach a very direct question about what is going on with the team or what just happened or something like that, right? Yeah. So generally what happens and what upsets us as sports fans, at least you and I, Jonathan, is the Brad Stevens type thing where they give the rote response. Mm-hmm. And I've seen in shows like Hard Knocks where they the players are actually coached to give certain responses because, yeah. honestly, teams don't trust the players because they have almost no education, most of them. <laughs> That's just the way athletes are. They've been groomed from a very young age to be athletes, and they've never really... Had educations. I mean, there are exceptions for sure. I don't know if that's the only reason they don't trust the players with the media, but go on. Yeah, go so, on. So they're trying to give these players these rote responses and make sure they stay in character, basically. Right. And I use air quotes when I say no, that. I like because that. Because they, they're not being themselves, obviously. They're just saying what they're supposed to say. Yeah. And that's what Brad Stevens was doing. And he's he's a smart guy, for sure, right? So mm-hmm. he he's doing it even though... He's capable of doing something else without seeming stupid, right? I mean, lots and lots of very intelligent athletes, and I, I think it's a, yeah. I think it's a little unfair to characterize most of the NFL as being not. No, smart I'm, not, I'm not saying they're not smart. <laughs> what yeah. I'm saying is those they're not media savvy. Maybe what I'm saying is that the teams put those those classes on yeah. and the, those things in place for the dumbest players, okay. but the smartest players also do it. Fair enough. Yes, okay. and that, that's what I was going to say is most of the very intelligent players also answer these questions very um, sort of politically correct and boring. Like all right, they're all so I have, to... I have a fix, but it's short term. Okay. Okay, because it's only going to work a couple times <laughs> Okay. because the players and the, and the teams and everything will, will get wise to it really quick. Mm-hmm. But what you got to do is get the reporter to do something really wacky, like right away, like the reporter – Comes in, and then they're like, oh, this isn't the real reporter. You jump in another reporter who's dressed like a wizard yeah. and say, like, I am the wizard. What do you think about the running game? Like, just, like, <laughs> mess with them completely and see if anything comes out of that. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, there was actually a, um, a reporter at a Celtic, uh, sorry, Patriots press conference. I think it was a few years ago who asked questions to both Bill, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady as if he was from the 20s. Okay. So he's saying it looks like, looks like they were doing the Charleston and you were doing the you know the the flip a John or whatever some other some other. That's dances. a good idea. Like, See, that's, how, that's, what, what that's you kind of in that? line with what I'm trying to do here. So like yeah. the reporter does something like have maybe I think I think uh, an important part of it is keeping them off guard, and so you're gonna need to have a, a multiple person team here. So yeah. that person didn't have that. But what I'm thinking is like so you get a normal reporter who's wearing like say it's like an Aaron Andrews type reporter. She's just wearing like a blazer and, and she's looking very professional. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. My colleague has to ask you a question. And then a guy dressed like a T-Rex comes in and asks a question. Just yeah. take, it, like, take him off guard. Yeah. See, see if that can help somehow. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. I think you're right. If that's a fix of any kind, it's pretty short term. They're going to wise up to that pretty fast. Yes. Yeah, but you, know, you adapt. Okay. <laughs> so then what do, we, uh, what do we do You know, past the first two weeks of the season when that no longer works? Okay, so how do we make... 
the sports people give us more substantial answers in general. Um, that would saying. be one. That, yeah, because that would not work the only... better on the players in the post game interviews. My my fix than right. Brad Stevens and the Bill Simmons podcast. Right. Okay, that is tough. Yeah. Uh, I don't really understand why Brad Stevens is so opaque about everything. I understand he's trying to hide his strategy and stuff. Does he think that talking about basketball at all reveals his strategy? Maybe that's true. I don't think it's just that. I think he's really goes out of his way never to say a discouraging word about anybody. That's like part of his thing. Oh, so So Bill people Simmons love is, him. Okay. But he so he'll never put anyone down. Bill Simmons was saying things like um, you know, like you get players who really failed at other places and they really succeeded for you. So, you know, like Evan Turner was an example, but there's several sure, examples sure. of this with Brad Stevens and the Celtics. And Bill Simmons was saying, you know, like what do you think you're doing that the other teams are failing at. And Brad Zeems absolutely wouldn't answer the question. He said, you know, I really, you know, I just think everyone's really trying hard. And like, we get the guy, you know, he happens to be, he just like avoids that completely. There's no fix for that because that's asking the question of how do you get the most out of your players? And if Brad Stevens actually has some special formula for that, Right. Why but, would he ever let the world know? But, but Brad Stevens could talk about why other people are failing. It wouldn't necessarily have to talk. Like he could talk about how like the Pacers didn't put Evan Turner in the right position. They didn't get the you know they gave him the wrong role. He, but he would never say that. In fact, he did not say that. Although it's very obvious that's what happened with the Pacers. Right. Bill Simmons actually yeah. said that, and Brad Stevens didn't even agree with him. He like wouldn't like he didn't disagree. He just wouldn't go there. Right. So he's avoiding it. Am entirely. I trying to fix the interview itself, the quality of the interview, or am I trying to fix the answer? Dude, whatever you can fix would be great because right now it all sucks. Okay. Uh, this is a tough one. Yeah. This is a really tough one. I agree. I don't know if this is fixable. I think the way sports culture is right now, especially because there are a lot of secretive elements to the major sports, and mm-hmm. for good reason, because teams are hiding things from each other. Yeah. Right? And if Brad Stevens does have a better way of player development or assessing a player's skill, he's not going to just say it on the Bill Simmons show. Okay, I agree with that. But that doesn't mean everything has to be coach speak either, right? Everything doesn't have to be political. Like, if you look at... This is a weird example, but the World Wrestling Federation, right? World Wrestling Entertainment, they're the opposite, right? Every wrestler says really intense things, calls out their opponent the whole time, says they're going to kill him, and it's all an act also. Like, it's also false, much it's like— theatrical, yes. Right, it's, it's the opposite, but it's false as well. But, like, the truth lies somewhere in between, right? Like, when, when you're a competitor, you do think things about your opponent, and you might have things to say about them, but, like— People in professional sports have basically been taught not to say that stuff except for Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan says whatever he feels like <laughs> and, you know, catches a little bit of flack for it. But also, I think ultimately he's a, he's more loved for it than not. I, I definitely want to see him on TV because right. of that. Yeah. Right. You know, and I, got, I like roll my eyes when he guarantees the Bills are going to win the title or something yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Some stupid, stupid. But I, but like I that. think he may believe it himself, which is cool. I don't know if he really believes that. I don't know either, but he might, might. Be full of hubris. I don't know when you're when you're at training camp, you don't see any other teams. You just see your own. You just talk yourself. Yeah, into like, it. oh, those guys are better than me at football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no problem. <laughs> yeah. What if we just didn't have so many sports interviews? What if we didn't interview coaches at the second and fourth quarter in the NBA? What that's if we didn't great, have? That's a great idea. So yeah. I want to segue this into something else, but I think you're on to something here where most of the people who play sports and coach sports are boring. Yeah. And they don't deserve to be interviewed. Right. So let's stop. Yeah. So here's where I want to – this is where I want to change Let the Drunk Fix It. I want there to be me fixing it, and then let's see what Jonathan comes up with. As a sober person. So let the sober fix it. Right. That's what I was just doing, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's what you got? Yeah. That was, that's part of it anyway. Yeah. I think I was thinking about it actually like, you know how on reality TV shows they have the confessional? 
So mm-hmm. people go in and then they say all their stuff. And somehow they like, I don't know why they can do that. I guess there's no actual consequences until much later on with the confession, right? No one in their house or whatever knows about it, right? Yeah. So it's okay. Um, but I would only, I think there should be essentially no sports interviews unless someone actually has something they want to say, you know? Like if there's something valuable Damn. to bring up, then they like do it. But otherwise, like, but you don't have someone whose job it is just to interview the people. You don't do these post-game press conferences where no one ever says anything. It's an incredible waste of time. Who cares? Well, that's a good point. All the quotes are recycled quotes. We get them. We see them every single day. It the is, reporters must feel so stupid asking the same so questions. It is so fucking painful to watch Matt Forte or whoever right. after the game, after he has a big game, say, well, I just got to give credit to my coaches and my teammates. Who gives a shit? That's wasted TV time. Show me a Honey Bunches of Oats commercial instead. I mean, who doesn't love At Honey Bunches At least the commercial was written by somebody. <laughs> like, Jesus. It's that's, terrible. I mean, one of the things that made Richard Sherman's interview uh, right after the, the oh, that was Seahawks incredible. beat the 49ers in the NFC Championship a few years ago is that he did not censor himself. He was not being political. He was just angry at Michael Crabtree and wanted yeah. to talk some trash and was feeling great about it. Now, people actually reacted very strongly to that. But number one, it was good for Richard Sherman. He got a lot more endorsements out of it. I, I think. loved watching that. Yeah, and I feel like that's if we're not going to get sports interviews like that, what's the point of sports interviews? I totally agree because— and we have to know as a culture by now, unless we're all morons, that it's all going to be the same bullshit. Yeah. Right? Like, it's all going to be the same rote bullshit. It's like Bill Belichick owns the sports world, and everybody says what Bill Belichick <laughs> wants them to say. I mean, basically. it does kind of feel like yeah. that. Yeah. All right. So that's our fix number one, I guess. Looks like the sober guy did it this time, huh? I mean, if you already know what is going to be said as far as the fixes, <laughs> you have a lot of time to prepare. I'm just going off the cuff, so <laughs> let's let's keep that in mind going forward. You know, I assume you're going to fix it though, and then when you're not, I'm like, I start to come up with ideas. Okay, fair I, enough. I never you, no, what do you mean you come up with ideas? So come on, you had ideas. No, no, I didn't prepare that. I don't. I don't prepare. I'm sure this stuff. you didn't, Jonathan. All right, well, let's do the next one. Yeah, tough guy. I haven't now, thought. Now I'm not a problem. <laughs> I haven't. Come, I haven't come up with any thoughts on these either yet. Okay, they're new to yeah, me. I almost. bet you haven't come up with any thoughts on uh, these either. All right. um, Mitchell Towner. Okay. Who's our good friend. Yes. Who, who we uh, just were visiting in Arizona. The guy we referred to before who can drink more than anybody. The, the guy who listens to this podcast at 2x speed and drinks right along with Grant anyway. The platinum level. He's established the platinum level. So, you know, anyone else who's doing that, by the way, please feel free to tweet us at Drunk Sports Show. And they can't tweet. Know. They're dead. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, whatever level you're at, actually, feel free to tweet us. Yeah. We want to know. We care. We would like to know. if you're Seriously, let's, let's, let's bring this up a bit more. Okay. If you are drinking along with Grant at all, if, even if you never really use Twitter, you don't think about using Twitter, just let us know. We'd love to know. That'd okay. be great. Agreed. Agreed. At, at Drunk Sports Show. Show. Yeah. Yeah. You're it's, drunk. It's cool. Yeah. Okay. So Mitch brought up. The notion that the Hall of Fame in all the different sports is full of different kinds of guys. So there's the guys who burned brightly but um, but burned out quickly, like had the four-year career. Gail Sayers is a good example sure, of this. Sure, okay. Was you know all world for four years, but then got hurt, and that was it, right? But then also guys who actually weren't superstars, but were very good, but were very good for a long time, had great longevity. Also, some guys who maybe weren't even that good, but won a bunch of titles for whatever reason. Some of those guys get uh, get into the Hall of Fame more often because like of titles. Worthy. James Worthy, I would argue that a lot of people think he was one of the 50 best players of all time or 100 best players of all time. So maybe he's not a good example. But there are Robert Ory might be a good example. Yeah. Although I don't think he's actually in the Hall of Fame. No, he's not. He won't be. So terrible example. All right, bad example. But there there certainly are guys. um, I think Dennis Johnson. That's your worst example ever, categorically. 
just incorrect. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so he was saying he was asking for the drunk actually to fix Hall of Fame criteria, so we could all sort of know what we're talking about here. Like, who belongs in the Hall of Fame, and what's the criteria? Okay, so I have my fix for this is it's been said before, so this is not unique to me. Okay, but this is something that I feel kind of strongly about. If you're going to call it the Hall of Fame, yeah, it should be based on fame, not accomplishments. So, oh sure, boy, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So I'm saying OJ Simpson for sure stays in the Hall of Fame. Like that type of thing. Yeah. yeah like good. Yeah. And good. He, it's, it's the Hall of Fame. So like Johnny Manziel's got a shot. Yes, absolutely. Okay. If, especially if he kills somebody. <laughs> then he's a real shot. Yeah. Yeah. If he, he drunk drives into a, a preschool, Johnny Manziel's the Hall of Fame for sure. So, okay. So Peyton Manning would get in because he's one of the most famous oh, yes, quarterbacks yeah. of all time. Pey- but also because he does all those commercials. So he's right. super famous. But Tom Brady would get in too. But also very famous guy. He's trained Yeah, but he's sport. not even, uh, he's not charismatic like Peyton Manning. But he's so not- that that's a good delineation though because what the way that people yeah. might perceive what I'm saying is that you have to do things that a famous person would do based on like the celebrity rag mags would, would ex- <laughs> I mean let me just let me stop you. Tom Brady's married to the the most famous okay. supermodel in the world and has been for a long time. Okay. Everyone who's knows a, who the who's is. a really boring player yeah. who should be in the Hall of Fame based on their stats then. Um Tim this- Duncan. Done. There we go. You got it. Tim Duncan should still be in the Hall of Fame. He's not okay. He's still famous. Right? Yes, because okay. he's still famous, and he's he he's famous for being boring almost. That's true. Actually, <laughs> in a way, like, that's true. The Onion has a series of articles about Tim Duncan being boring. Right. The best Onion article title ever is Tim Duncan asks his teammates if they have any questions about the sequester. Right. Like it's incredible. Yeah. So, yes, Tim Duncan should still be in the Hall of Fame, but I think. I think the Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm not saying let's turn the Hall of Fame into some whorehouse, some some terrible situation. I think it should still be good players, but it should be ha- it should have to do with how famous you were. This the is Hall of Fame. You know, you said you've you've seen this before. I've actually never heard anyone say this. I always people always say things like it's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good, but implying that the word fame is great somehow when it's not. It's actually fame. So I'm defining fame correctly. Yeah, I right. Suppose, so. um, I always think of it as the hall the Hall of Greatness ultimately. But uh, the Hall of Fame is interesting. So that means you could just be like really popular. On, oh, who's the um the gay player in football? Michael Sam. Michael Sam. So he's got a shot at the Hall of Fame. No, I don't think so. He wasn't famous for long enough. But what? Okay, okay, fair enough. You got. I I think in order to get to the hall, a hall of fame, right? You have to be famous for you know multiple years, many years. But but if Michael Sam, let's say, had a reality show, oh, then he might make it because he did play in the NFL for like a second. No, uh, no, you know what? I think there has to be a combination. You know, it's not just pure fame. It just it's hall of fame, buddy. It doesn't say hall of fame and good play. If we're going purely with what I said initially, then (laughs) fine, sure, you're right. I got you. So but it's, I'm it's one of those you. semantics things, obviously. right? It certainly is. It should be the Hall of Greatness, yeah. Just like most valuable player in the NFL should be most excellent player, because right. why else would anybody but a quarterback win it? Right, right. So, what's your fix, sober guy? My fix is not yours. We have a different fix. I'd like to say that. Thank it's not, God. It's not about being famous. My fix is about greatness, and so I don't care if you were pretty good for a long time. You're not in my Hall of Fame ever. Like you, if you can be great for a short period of time, if your career was cut short for some reason, but um, I think another beer may be coming up. That's number ten. We are two away from the record. <laughs> Don't wow. get too excited. Two away. I mean, we're gonna have to really make these fixes last a while. For we're not. It's not gonna happen. I yeah. can tell you right now. So we're we're about to move into the third and final one. Um, 
So for me, it would, I, I like the idea of Gail Sayers being in the Hall of Fame, even though only played for four years. I like the idea of Barry Sanders being in the Hall of Fame, even though ret- he retired early. And Jim Brown. Now, those guys obviously had long enough careers that shouldn't matter. I think you just need to do it long enough that people can see you are one of the best of all time, and then I don't care how long you play. If, if you continue to play and you aren't any good anymore, then maybe you weren't the best of all time. You just had a few good years. But otherwise, like I don't care about like cumulative stats. I don't care if you have more catches than anyone else because you played longer. It doesn't matter to me. Be the best. Be one of the best in your uh, you know in the league while you were playing. You get to go in the Hall of Fame. That's it. That's the only way I care about okay, it. Okay, so I think there's a, a a bit of a problem with what you're, what you're Good. saying. And I also want to say one other thing though, okay. which is important. Championships barely matter for my criteria. I, I don't care that much about titles. I agree with that certainly. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, so. It sounds like what you want to do is take an average of how good the player was per year that they played. Basically. That kind of sucks for players who had 10 great years and then five bad years. But if those 10 years were truly great, that's long enough for them to be like to have established a level, a level of greatness. Okay. So I'm okay with that. That's different, though, than the guys who are – there's a bunch of grinders who are in all the different Hall of Fames, baseball and football, though, especially. But they, but they were all-stars multiple years, usually. Um, but oftentimes they're like fringe all stars, but they like barely. Give were. me an example. Uh, I thought you were going to say that. It's a little hard to come up with an example. If you thought I was going to say that, you should have probably thought well, about but it. But here's—I thought you were going to say it like a minute ago, not like you know, because I didn't prepare my answer or anything like that. You know, as I mentioned, I never prepare anything. So right. You welcome don't... to the hellfire <laughs> that is being the drunk. It's tough. It's harder than I thought. <laughs> um, there are definitely baseball players though, and I can't think of any off the top of my head because I don't follow baseball anymore. But I remember when I used to. Baseball players who make the Hall of Fame, and it's solely based on cumulative stats, where they say, because the way that the Hall of Fame writers vote guys in is they say, well, if you hit 500 for home runs, if you get this many hits, if you get this many RBI, they look and they see, well, everyone else who's ever done this has been in the Hall of Fame, so you're into, regardless of how good you were year to year. They, they just don't care about that. But there's confounding variables both ways. Go ahead. Like, you can't just have a year-to-year stat be the only way to put somebody in the Hall of Fame. You also can't have a cumulative stat be the only way. You have to find some medium. Well, I think you don't. I think, I think we can say if you were great for at least three or four years, meaning like the very, very top of your sport, like truly one of the very best players in the league, um, then that's enough. Like, I don't need any more than that. Like, if you play for three years, but you were the best player in the league for all three years, and then you got hurt and you were done, you make my Hall of Fame. If you were the 20th best player in the league for 15 years, you don't make my Hall of Fame. All right. How many years years was Tim Duncan the best player in the NBA? Um, It's hard to say, but he was at least two, right? Yeah. He was a top five player probably for 10. Yeah, but maybe 15. Okay. So what if, okay, very, very excessive example. Okay. But let's say Tim Duncan plays for 10 more years. Sure. And for every one of those years, he's he's not even a starter quality. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So. Does he still make the Hall of Fame? Of course, because he had a 15-year run of being great. He had true greatness. So the number of years that you do it matters. Sure, sure. But you're, you're saying in counterbalance to the other years, right? So like how, you, what's the limit of years? Like, does Josh Gordon make the Hall of Fame because he was the best receiver No, in the he only NFL? did it for one year. That's not enough. I think if Josh Gordon did for— So four Josh, years is enough because you say yes. Gail Sayers is good I enough. I think three years is enough. If Josh Gordon does it for three years and never plays again, but to puts up the numbers like he put up three years ago or two years ago, whatever it was, that's enough to make my Hall of Fame. Okay. Okay. Fine. But no interviews. No, <laughs> no interviews. That's <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right. So that's the sober guy's fix. All right. What do you think? I think that's pretty good. I'm kind of killing it here. Uh, I sure. think uh, we need a new hashtag. Wow. wow. How how dare you? <laughs> LTSFI, man. Who wants that? 
Nobody wants that. I don't know. You seem boring. Like, seems like you like it. All right, Colin West, who's uh, contributed to past Let the Drunk Fix Same it. Same guy. Well. Wow. Yep. Three. He's. You know, Jay Recker. I got to tell you, you're uh, you're in trouble, buddy, as being the number one fan of the show. <laughs> Colin West is killing it. Yeah. You better get back on the horse, my friend. Uh, he says this: NFL fines don't seem to deter bad behavior. Can you come up with consequences the players would fear slash respect? No. Um, <laughs> no, that's it. I, I think that's the best answer. All right. Sure. Come on. Sure I, you can. I'm going to think about this for a second. Okay. You know what? Let's let's switch this up. I know you always said always, meaning one time, that the sober fix should be after the drunk fix. When we talk <laughs> about having the sober yeah. do your sober fix, and let me see if I come out with anything. Okay. No yeah. problem. Let's do it. Okay. So... First of all, there's a major problem with this question, which is um, generally what happens is Roger Goodell just decides who's going to, you know, what kind of fines they're going to get and what kind of discipline there's going to be. And it's not even based on anything, as we've seen. I'm not just talking about Tom Brady and the Patriots as a Patriots fan, but he's penalized many other players who were, for example, not convicted of things. Oftentimes, though, I will say often when it looks like they did it, they just, you know, because of technicality, the things they got off Big Ben is a good example of this. Um, what's the guy who was Greg Hardy? He's a good example of this as well, right? So actually, I don't really have a problem with, with Goodell acting that way. I think the thing that the players fear the most is actually missing football games. That that's a real penalty that's, to them. That's their paycheck. Right. But beyond the paycheck, they actually want to play. It's a big deal to them. Like Adrian Peterson, when he missed that year for being a child abuser, if you recall. Yeah, I know why. Yeah, he did that. Uh, Bad person. He argued that he shouldn't have to be, miss any more games because he had been suspended for a whole season, even though he got paid for that entire season. He got paid like $9 million not to play football, which, by the way, is a really good deal. Uh, yeah. uh, or maybe $12 million, some unbelievable amount of money. But he was saying that he's already, he's already served his time. He shouldn't be forced to also like, be suspended for four games and miss four paychecks, which I think was successful. Did he miss any games at all? I don't think he did. I don't remember. I think it was just that one season. I think they bought that, which seemed crazy. All right. So what's your fix? My fix is you got to actually like no more dollar fines. One game minimum for anything at all that you consider to be like a problem. Either if they if, if it's something that you won't even suspend them for a game for, then there's no penalty. But if you're going to penalize them, there's no it's not about money. It's games. And yes, that's game paychecks. So they cost the money, too. But then it's a percentage of their income versus saying twenty five thousand dollars. And to some players, that may be something But to a guy like Tom Brady, whose wife makes, what, 70 million dollars a year, let alone him. Like, it's a meaningless amount of money. But if it's a game check, at least that's a, a solid percentage of a salary. And also, they hate missing games. They hate it. Brady does. I know that. Right. That's the, that's the sober fix. What's the drunk fix? They don't get to wear pads for the next game. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Well, maybe they have to wear a different helmet, too, or something. No. Like, I, like a slightly I, worse I mean, helmet. Make okay. them a little bit more concussion Ready. Maybe we should go back to the old days and yeah. and go with the scarlet letter type thing. They have to wear a pink uniform. Mm. All pink. Yeah. Just don't don't violate any policy. <laughs> All pink. It could also be you know the way they like have judges sometimes make people who like shoplift or something like that stand outside the place they shop from with a big sign that they have to wear, like a soup sign that they wear all yeah. day, which says, like, I steal spoons from this store or something like yeah. that. It's just humiliating. Maybe you put whatever they did, like, written on this pink uniform, like, in really big letters. Yeah, yeah. yeah so when they're on TV, like, every time they show them, it says that, and it's just this humiliating weird That's thing. one fix. Yeah. That's pretty good. Okay. I want to do something. I want to reverse engineer Colin West's question. Cool. I want to figure out where he's coming from. Okay. Okay. So read it again, or, or tell me exactly what it is again here. All right. Here we go. It says, NFL fines don't seem to def- 
deter bad behavior? Can you come up with consequences the players would fear? That's that's verbatim. Okay, got it. All right, so the real question is about can the players behave better, right? That's kind um, of what it's about. Can you scare them into be? Yeah, how can you get them to be, behave better? Because the consequences right now don't seem to be doing it. Right, okay. So I think the problem is so systemic, it might be impossible to fix. Yeah. But maybe we can do something about it. Okay. All right, let's try our best. Let's do it. Okay, so... Anybody who commits one offense of any of the things that the NFL says are no good. And and let's see. Let's. This is the part of the reverse engineering that I'm talking about. Yeah. Colin West is probably talking about what people have done in the past. Like Le'Veon Bell, for example. Let's take him for, exa- for example. He hasn't really hurt anybody, but he smoked weed. Yeah. Right? And then he skipped drug tests. Yeah. And that's all he did, basically? I think they were driving when they were smoking weed. He was in the passenger seat. LeGarrette Blount was driving. Okay. Yeah, that was back way three years ago. Yeah, that's and he's all I got. Still suffering for that, basically, and he, he probably still smokes a bunch of weed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would expect most NFL players do. It's you know, or it's a great painkiller. Yeah, yeah. And also, it feels good, right? <laughs> yes, it people does. like it. Yes, it does. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, how do we deter Le'Veon Bell from incurring more suspensions? Let's let's engineer okay. it that way. Well, maybe part of this though is the definition of bad behavior. Sure. So. I don't think, and we live in Oregon where it's legal to smoke marijuana, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone should Got be penalized. In my right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone should be penalized for, for smoking a substance that is legal in certain states in the country versus someone who is domestically, you know, abusing their wife. I agree. Or their girlfriend or anyone for that matter, right? So I guess, Colin West, I'm sorry, but we're going to take your question and kind of use it as a springboard for a bit of a diatribe here. Here we go. Because... I think there are certain players in the NFL who should be banned from the NFL. I think Adrian Peterson is one of them. Ooh. I don't think he should be allowed to play in the NFL. I think Ray Rice is another one of them. Yeah. He's not going to play in the NFL He's anyway, essentially been blackballed. He's not actually banned. Right. 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 Greg Hardy should be banned from playing in the NFL. Okay. People who hurt people in a severe way. Right? Okay, but let's let's get into this a little bit. So I want to okay. push back. Okay, not going to push back on Greg Hardy. Not going to push back on Red, on Ray Rice. Those are two pretty severe examples. Can't argue with those at all. I agree. I don't think either one of them should be in the league. Adrian Peterson, a little bit of a different situation, though. So he completely acknowledges that he was hitting his kids, right? Okay. And, I, and I, doesn't seem to think there was anything wrong with it. This and is probably not something that's good for drunk sports to get into, but we're going to do it anyway. We're doing it. All right, so... I understand that there are certain traditionalists and there's certain ways of thinking that make it almost make sense that hitting your kid is a good way to discipline your kid. What percentage of parents do you think hit their kid at some point in their kid's life? Do you know the answer? No. Okay. So I, I, I thought you did. No, so I, wish, I wish I did. I'd love to know. I'm going to guess it's way higher than I expect. Y- right. I, I don't know what you expect. Like something like 40% or something. I would guess it's something. I mean, my mom hit me once. I mean, like... But I mean, like, seriously, like Adrian Peterson style scrotum bruising hits. No, that's a fair point. He took a stick, a switch, if you will, and like hit him several times. It was bad. And it's not the only thing he's done many, many things to his kid. Yeah. He's done many other things to his other children, too. So it's a fair point. I think sometimes that may be something that is traditional in your family and whatever. I don't agree with it. But Adrian Peterson sees this particular kid who was the subject of this big problem that he had mm-hmm. 20 days a year. Yeah. Because he has eight children with eight different women. Uh huh. What right does he have to punish that kid? 
I mean, you could make a case that he is the kid's father and he's the only parent around when this is happening. And so someone's got to discipline the kid and he's the one who's supposed to do it, right? I guess. Now, you could make the opposite case that he sure shouldn't do it with a stick. Yeah. Right? In you know, he could, he could like not hit the kid. But the truth is that uh, like I'm sure Adrian Peterson was brought up this way and he was brought up and honestly seemed to believe that this is not only fine, but actually the correct way to, to bring up a, Where to be a father. Where does the chain of blame end then? Well, I'm saying that, like, unlike Greg Hardy, who, compl- who who claims he hasn't hurt anybody and claims he's the victim, Adrian Peterson says, no, of course I did that. Okay. Yeah, I absolutely did. This is what you do with children. Well, certainly— Adrian, It seems different. It seems I like an educational thing Honestly, with if, I mean, this is, this is very marginal, but I certainly yeah. respect Adrian Peterson more than I respect Greg of course, Hardy. Of course, of course. Greg Hardy nearly killed a woman. And, and like, is, like, a scumbag. Yeah, a complete scumbag. Adrian Peterson does acknowledge what he does, and— thinks that it's the right thing to do. So fair enough. I just don't agree with it. Right. And and I would hope that there could be like some education where he could change that, but I don't know if that stuff works really, you know, that kind of educational stuff right. at all. Like like he goes to somewhat two day seminar and rolls his eyes the whole time and thinks this isn't really how you do it. It didn't work with me, it didn't work with my brothers, it doesn't work with my kids. Like of course I'm not gonna do that. Right. You know and of course it's really easy as a fix for your kids being annoying. Well, teach them that you can't be annoying by hitting them. Yeah, absolutely. And the truth is, I imagine the laws around all this stuff is pretty gray. You know, like parents do spank their kids. Parents do hit their kids. But if you do too much, if you really seriously hurt your child, then you could be in trouble with child services and get your children taken away. And the government sort of makes their own determination about, you know, how dangerous and what a threat you might be to them. I mean, I would say if Adrian Peterson was with his kids, you know— 24, seven days a week, whatever, 365, he really might be a threat to his kids based on the stuff we know about him. You right, know? yeah. So maybe it's a great thing. He also slammed his head into the dashboard. Yeah, as he was car. driving. Yeah. yeah, he slammed his little kid's head into the, and like left a mark that his um, the mother of that child saw many, many days later. Yeah. And Adrian Peterson, again, completely admitted that he did it. Like, wasn't trying to hide it, wasn't trying to cover it up, doesn't think there's anything wrong with it, which so is it's kind of meaningful. Sa- uh, it's kind of a sad story for Adrian Peterson. Yeah. It's like he doesn't understand. It is kind of sad. That said, if he was killing people and, and thought it was perfectly fine, we wouldn't say, well, don't throw him in jail, right? We'd still yeah. penalize him for it. But yeah. we'd be penalizing him more to protect everybody else, right? Yeah. That's what we'd be doing. We'd say, well, he sort of is not fit to, like, stand trial or anything. We just got to, like, lock him away, you know? Yeah. So it's weird. I don't, I don't know what we're supposed to do with a guy like that. This almost never comes up, right? Everyone always just lies about it and says they didn't do it because they know it was wrong and they did it anyway. Peterson doesn't seem to think it was wrong. And a lot of other people would probably agree with that, by the way, right? I, yeah, and there's Which a is, huge contingent of people who would agree with that. Now, I don't know if, how many, many people would, Many of our listeners have tuned out because yeah. they're, they're done with us That's now. That's fine. Um, I also don't know that many people would agree that it's okay to like hit your little kid like in the balls with a stick so hard or that it leaves bruises. Or slam his head into the dashboard. Right. I think yeah. a lot of people would think that was too far. But Most they would, people. They would, Think it's okay to to hit him with a with your belt or something, right? Right, or like, just or spank them or slap them across the face yeah. or something, like, or like you know squeeze their hands really hard or something like that. So it hurts them a bit, you know, like that's, and that's the the most the most physical way you can make sure that your point gets across i guess right it's like when nothing else works this this gets my child's attention kind of a thing right yeah so all right we got really deep into this which is not not really let the drunk fix it territory so much everything is let the drunk fix it territory (laughs) let's fucking go how do we fix child abuse (laughs) (laughs) i'll fix it next week okay that's that's a tough one good stuff Um, so so i guess for me anyway it comes down to like what we're considering to be even bad behavior okay so i think this comes let's let's 
bring this back around to the Colin West level here. Great. Where he's asking, how do we make these players stop having bad behavior? Right. Okay, first of all, we've improperly defined bad behavior. That's for sure. Because yes. Le'Veon Bell is receiving similar suspensions to people like Adrian Peterson. Tom Brady is, Tom Brady's gone for four games. The, Greg Hardy was gone for six, I think. I mean, yeah. that's crazy, right? It's insane. It's yeah. Complete insanity. Ray Rice was originally given a two-game suspension. Then they upped it to eight, right? I and mean, these are people who are hurting people on the to the brink of death. Yeah. And versus people who smoke marijuana, which is legal in three states. Yeah. And by like, the way, even if it wasn't, come on. Yeah. Like seriously, <laughs> like, like everybody knows. Even if you fine. believe, even if you believe Tom Grady is completely guilty of everything he was accused of, that means he acknowledged that they slightly deflated footballs and didn't. You know, acknowledge that that was the case, as opposed to Greg Hardy, who almost killed someone, and Ray Rice, who almost killed someone, and yeah. and might do it again. By the way, both those guys. Yep. Like, what the hell? These are not comparable. And as opposed to Le'Veon Bell or right. Ricky Williams or anybody like right, that. Right. Right. Ricky right. Williams right. missed many years of his career based on. I mean, he smoked way too much weed for sure. <laughs> but 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 it's so stupid. All right, this is uh, sorry, Colin West. We're not really fixing your problem, but I'm going to go on a bit of another diatribe go. here. The idea that weed should be punishable by any sport is insane. It is not at all performance enhancing. And by the way, as the person who is currently drunk drinking alcohol, weed is far less harmful than alcohol. Uh, which is a legal substance almost everywhere. Yeah. Hey, like, I got a thought. I actually have a thought to actually potentially answer Colin West's question. Okay. That's what, great. This is a, this <laughs> is a, he's probably all pissed off. Not, you, just being I don't know. on diet drives, I, I, not <laughs> answering his question at all. So what do you think about this? What if sports leagues had nothing to do with disciplining when it came to illegal behavior? What if they let the criminal courts deal with that and the police? Because that's their job. Like if you work at a law firm and you're accused of something, the law firm doesn't I don't think, suspend you for six months or something like that. Oh, they no, like you're wrong. You're oh, wrong. they do? You're already wrong. I mean, it's not necessarily that any law firm will, but private organizations definitely have the right to suspend people based on whatever criteria they want. I understand they can, but I'm saying they, they don't necessarily always do it. Like, if you're accused of something, if you're accused of d- domestic violence and, and, you know, like, it doesn't mean you necessarily are going to get suspended by your workplace, right? Like, you have to deal with the police and whatever comes of that and the consequences, but you're not necessarily going to lose your job. Yeah, that's true. Like, what if the NFL got their fucking face out of this stuff because they do such a bad job with it anyway? What if they stopped acting like the moral authority for everything when they are clearly not? Nobody trusts Goodell in the NFL. They shouldn't be punishing these players. Let the police handle it. How about that? How do you— Let the teams handle it if they want. Like, the team can suspend their own player. How, okay, how Why do should you the NFL do it? implementing that? Um, the NFL stops punishing players for conduct outside of the NFL. But they're not— done. They're they're not punishing them in any legal way. They're only punishing them salary wise, and in the case of their private organization, they're punishing them legally. No, I understand like, that, but I'm saying the NFL is doing it like from this moral point of view, right? This whole like uh, law and order thing that Goodell's been doing ever since he showed up. And I'm saying I think the NFL as an organization is different than the team itself doing it. The team, which is actually the employer of that player could decide to do it, but because then they're making that decision, much like the law firm might, to, at their own expense, right? Okay. As opposed to the NFL, who's just saying, for the good of the land, we will suspend you for this many games or that many games, and that is all. It's, you know? but, okay, so I don't know if that's a fix. I don't know either. 
It's a fix theoretically, but this is in theoretical land where yeah. there's unicorns and fairies and shit. That's bullshit in real life because that's never going to happen. You mean like teams like, aren't really going to suspend their own players, right? No, and also the NFL is never going to allow Oh, that. oh. The I NFL thought, will never allow that kind of autonomy. I mean, teams are really incentivized not to suspend their own players. So of they, course they would rarely not. do that unless there's public pressure. But the NFL is never going to say, oh, you know what? I relinquish my authority to suspend these people. And I decided that it would be best if I just existed as a figurehead and I would never suspend anybody. Okay, but your fix last week was to put robot robotic legs on Keenan Allen. Like, that was an amazing fix. <laughs> Do you <laughs> know how good? You know, he would have had 40 catches last week if he actually did that. But I'm saying, like, why does your why do your fixes get to be like in Terminator land and mine have to be in like Realityville? Why can't I like it has to be something that's but definitely gonna because happen? Because yours was too close to reality. That's uh, why. Mine okay. mine is far enough away. Do you yeah. not understand? Like, I don't know if you understand. I think I get it now. Yeah, Thanks. maybe you do. Anyway, I think that I would love it if the NFL stopped pretending like they were the judge during execution or when, in fact, there are people who have those roles in society. Let them do that. Like, let the NFL just be the football thing and whatever else. I don't know. That, I don't know. I, I still think that's tough to implement. I agree. And also, there are lots of guys like Greg Hardy who've done, or, Reg, or Ray Rice, another great example, didn't get in any trouble with the cops. But based on everything we saw, like, it's not really okay for him to be on an NFL team. It's just not. But it's, Greg Hardy still is, right? I mean, it's not okay for them to be part of society, right? Yeah. Like, it's kind of bad. It's kind of bad. It's tough, man. It's, it's a really tough thing. Yeah. What was the original question again? Um, how do we make sure how that do we NFL de- players stop doing it again? Yeah, how do we deter bad behavior? Well, so what okay, kind of- so I think what we've kind of come to the conclusion is there are certain people, and this is just the way the NFL is, there are certain people who are attracted to the sport of football who are violent people, right? Yeah. And then the culture breeds violence, and they do violent things for the rest of their lives. And yeah. it's hard to stop that from happening. I think the only thing that I can say about Colin West's question is those people probably will continue to get penalized and should and maybe should be penalized harder and earlier. But the ones who are penalized like Le'Veon Bell or Ricky Williams, the people who smoke the marijuana – they should stop being penalized. That's what I. That, I yeah. mean, I understand. Okay. I understand. I've I, even on a previous drunk sports, I said Le'Veon Bell fucked up because he smoked weed, even though he knew he had this much money yeah. on the line and right, all right. that, all this. But theoretically, come on, NFL, who gives okay. a fuck? I got. I want to go back to Colin West's question though. I'm okay. trying to answer it one more time. All right, go take ahead. a completely different kind of shot. I'm really all over the map on this one, but that's okay. Okay, we're both everywhere on this. What one. If, what if for guys who it seems are truly have truly done despicable acts and Ray Rice is my example. Okay, so like he dragged Janae Rice's bot, unconscious body out of that elevator. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, there's actually video of him hitting her like the way he hit her and so on. Even the way he dragged her out though was sort of like like she was a piece of luggage and not like someone you, he cared about. It really not, it was horrible not appealing. to watch. It was not appealing. What if we took away wins from their teams that they're on? What if they lost a win? I mean, wow. Yeah. That's intense. Because one thing I'm aware of is these guys are really caught up in not letting their teammates down and the whole team aspect of it. It's such a big deal. That's something that hurts everybody, not just you. Oh, man. That would have such a huge impact immediately. Yeah. But eventually, I think, damn, that's good. Thanks. I think that's really good. It took a long time for us to get to something that might solve it, huh? Yeah, I think that's really good. I don't know how you actually implement that, but that's for maybe another committee to decide another day. You know, another let the drunk fix it, perhaps. But that's something that's at least... I think that's going to be multiple years of a lot of problems, but yeah. like, eventually that will change the culture. I yeah. think that's great. 
Thanks. Good fucking job, dude. Sober. Yeah. Sober guy does it again. Somehow when you're sober, you had an idea. Amazing. <laughs> I've been kind of killing it today with the sober ideas. I, I mean, you keep complimenting yourself. And I feel like, I, and genuinely, I feel like that's a mistake to do. It makes you less likable. Yeah. Yeah. Stop doing that. I, you know, I don't care how likable I am. I, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we done? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm having too much fun. I know you love this show so All much. Right, I think we're probably this done. This is Grant's favorite thing all week. So um, for those of you who are interested, of course, tweet at us at Drunk Sports Show. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll see you next Tuesday night.